0: Hello everyone and welcome to MVGB. This is the monthly video game briefing. Uh, We are going to be talking about gaming news for occasional gamers. This is a little tagline we figured out for to describe this show. I think it's pretty apt. Basically, what we're going to be trying to do is have two to three news items every month and uh, cover them for an audience that is interested in gaming for a variety of reasons. Maybe your children are gamers and you want to keep up with what they're doing and understand what they're talking about. Maybe you're yourself as a gamer, but you're not a hardcore gamer. You don't need to have an avalanche of news every time you open your podcast app, you just want a quick briefing to understand what's happening uh, in that industry and in, in a way that is uh, easier to consume, maybe. So that's what we're going to be striving to do. Uh, obviously, for those who have been following the previous iteration of the show, you know that this used to be DTNS Labs Games and that the show graduated thanks to its patrons and supporters. So thanks to all of you for enabling us to become a real, uh, a real show, just like a real boy. Um, <laughs> We're basically the Pinocchio of uh, gaming podcasts, is what I'm trying to say. My name is Patrick Beja, and I will be uh, co-hosting the show with the one, the only, the wonderful Scott Johnson. How are you doing, Scott?
1: I'm fine. I don't know about that wonderful part. Hey, here's the thing. When I was first presented with this name, MVGB, I thought it stood for My Virgin Game Boy, but it's not, A, it, eh? It's <laughs> a
0: different thing. Okay, well, it, that's it, fine. That's fine, hey, Scott, listen, it really could be whatever you want it to be, uh, first of all. And second of all, uh, have you been holding on to that joke since we uh, thought about the name? It's been like <laughs> yeah, a month, been, man. man.
1: Yeah, it's been like a month since the name came out. And I'm like, I'm tucking this one away for the okay. first episode back. So
0: you know it's what? All good. I don't know that it was worth it, but uh, you do you. That's that's what we are all about here. We all have different needs and wants, and uh, hopefully we will be serving yours with this monthly video game briefing, gaming news for the occasional gamer, or for occasional gamers. Yeah, that sums it up pretty good. Sure. Hey, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about Uh game releases for September. There are a few of them. We're going to be covering the bigger ones. Uh, We're also going to be covering the new Microsoft Xbox All Access and what that's about. And finally, uh, tell you about the NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2000 GPU series. Uh, Basically, trying to let you know what the deal is with each of these. Uh, Are they interesting or not at all? Not at all for you, yourself, the occasional gamer. Let's start with the big uh, dogs or Spiders, which are the releases for for September. Obviously, we're entering the uh, fall season, and that is when all of the big games are being released. September is the opening of that, although, you know, there are big games pretty much all year round nowadays. But still, the fall is the, the biggest season of them all. Um, there are a number of games. I think we're going to be focusing a little bit on Spider-Man because we both played it ex- extensively. There are a few other games that we can mention first. Um oh, or you know what let's let's not bury the lead let's talk about Spider-Man we'll cover the other ones <laughs> Kind of hard to avoid it the thing yeah. is the Sony's fastest
1: selling PlayStation 4 game at ever ever yet I put yet never together so I said yever but yeah <laughs> since works. the since the advent of the console in 2013 they have never had a game sell as quickly uh in that that particular metric anyway uh since its launch and this is this is that game so well done it,
0: Sorry. It makes sense. You know, uh, this game has been, uh, pretty, uh, well received at the show presentations it was, uh, uh, first introduced in. Uh, there's, of course, the gigantic Marvel Cinematic Universe hype that surrounds it as well. It's not part of that universe. It's an independent character. It's a different Spider-Man. He's older and, uh, all of that, but it's still met with very, very favorable, uh, uh, Context, so obviously that is a big thing, and as I said, it's uh, being well well reviewed, and um, it was promising, and it seems it uh, it lives up to the promises. And I think one really interesting aspect of it is that, for for our audience anyway, is that um, it feels to me like it has been conceived as a game that can be very accessible. Uh, It has a lot of uh, mechanics that might seem a little bit tired or played out for uh, gamers in general with that vast open world where you can see the map and you see a number uh, a lot of activities that light up every time you unlock a region Um, but for someone that is not a hardcore gamer you jump in it's something familiar uh, you can do a few activities in 20 minutes Turn it off and go about your day. Or, of course, immerse yourself in the game for a few hours at a time. Um, I, I suspect you've done that. What do you think about the game as uh, in general? Um, so I was on the fence for a while because
1: I, for whatever reason, I was like, man, I got Red Dead coming. There's other games in between now and then. There's stuff I should be playing now. I've been super soaking in, uh, in World of Warcraft. And I just thought, oh, do I even have time for Spider-Man? do i want to just do i want to ride this like initial crest of everyone's got to play it right now and the hype is so high and do i even care that much about the character because you know my little bit worn out on spider-man blah 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 i was going through all these things in my head how
0: dare you and, scott how dare i know you.
1: i know i know and it was mostly an internal dialogue uh my my th- my finger was hovering my mouse finger was hovering over uh the latest dragon quest games i thought well that looks like a better distraction because I can kind of hop in, hop out. There's less hype around it. Like it was just kind of a weird brain fart. I went through trying to decide what to do here. I finally on Sunday actually caved and went, Oh, well, all right, let's just get Spider-Man. There's not enough goofing around. Let's just play. I'm sick of everyone talking about it. Let's see what's up. And I'm so glad that I did. I really, really like it. Like it's, it, it's right up there in my rankings this year for one of the best things I've played. And I'd love, love its take on open world. I love its traversal. I love its acting and its story and its quippiness and its visuals are insane. I think it's, I think it's an amazing open world game and is absolutely a throwback to the great Spider-Man games of the previous generation. Well, two generations ago, Spider-Man two in particular was really fantastic back in the day. Um, but it's also so much more than that. It's you know, it's got a little Arkham inspiration in there as well. But it's you know, it's not from a movie. It's not specifically from a comic. It's just like its own thing. It takes itself uh, seriously enough to really flesh out the edges and, and create a cohesive experience.
0: And I'm in love with it. I think it's fantastic, Patrick. It's <laughs> real good. I'm glad you think so, because I I agree. I think it's a really good game. I think it's a good game on its own. I think it's a great Spider-Man or superhero game. It gets Spider-Man right in so many ways. You mentioned uh, the traversal. Of course, the web swinging is a hugely important part of a Spider-Man game. And it really fulfills that fantasy of being uh, the web slinger, (laughs) Um, the the Spider-Man you know, whizzing between the buildings in New York City, uh, the visuals of the city are pretty uh, striking. Um, the acting, as you mentioned, there is a narrative thread that is pretty well constructed um, and, and the acting is top notch. It, it feels to me like it doesn't excel in any of the areas it does. And and I say that understanding that it's, it is a little bit harsh. It's just that Games have become so incredible over the past two or three years, I would say, uh, that they have raised the bar to a level where even this incredible games doesn't top it, but it's still an incredible experience in everything it attempts. And um, uh, particularly relevant to uh, the audience here, I think it is very accessible, very uh, wide-reaching, so it's really difficult. You would have to... Actively dislike Spider Man to not not uh, have fun with this game. Um, Yeah, that's a that's a really important point here.
1: The one thing about the game that strikes me is I've yet to have a moment where I'm not having fun. Like the fun factor is off the charts, and it's everywhere. Usually in an open world game, the fun happens when I need to go do the mission, and now I got to get there. And okay, now I'm at the mission. Now the fun begins. No, no, no. This game's like, you want to have some fun in between here and the, and across town? Guess what? You're going to have all the fun in the world. because You're going to be swinging through buildings like an insane person. You're going to be distracted because there's a, there's a robbery happening below you and you're going to go down there and foil that. And even though you've done a similar robbery like 12 times, it doesn't matter. The process of doing it is so fun right. that you don't want to right. skip it. Even taking pictures of the stupid landmarks is fun. Like I just, <laughs> I I think find it. I find the process of doing everything that is the gameplay around the structure of the game is so
0: mind-numbingly fun. Like, and I think that's, I'm really, important. That, that's yeah. really important. That's really important because the structure of the game is very uh, uh, tropey. The open world is, as we mentioned, you know, you open areas and you unlock activities everywhere, and if. the the traversal, the the swinging between buildings wasn't fun or the combat system wasn't fun, then that might become uh, tiresome. But it doesn't because the intrinsic core of the game is enjoyable. So whatever you're doing, no matter how repetitive it is, you're still having fun. So that rounds up into a very um, positive experience and a game that is difficult not to recommend. Um, Yeah, it's silly good. I mean, it's just...
1: And I don't mean that in a way to say, ah, it's, it's, they don't take the, the source material seriously or whatever.
0: Oh, they do. Like, they get, oh, oh, like, all of the... What's really interesting, and we're going to move on because we're not going to do a full review of the game, but every... Right. Uh, uh, they have their take on every aspect of the game and all of them work. Like they have a different Aunt May than you might find in the comics. They have a different, uh, uh Spider-Man. They, they don't coo- th- go through the origin story. They have a different Otto, Otto Octavius. They have a number of different things and still all of them work perfectly well. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. And if you're a fan of the of Spider-Man, any of its incarnations, they give you nods to everything. There's a great joke about hanging upside down and kissing uh, Spider-Man, which is a direct reference to the Sam Raimi uh, years of making Spider-Man movies. There's a great cameo at a restaurant that will remind you of the MCU or immediately. There are references to the comics and uh, self-referential stuff and even very dep- self-deprecating stuff about the history of the comics, the history of that character, that are that are subtle and funny and... They did even just the the minute to minute snark of Peter Parker, which I usually right, am not yeah. a fan of. It's not written right. I usually don't like that stuff very well. It's very hard to write for, I think. And they, they nailed it here. They just nailed it. Everyone is is as they should be. And quick trivia: If you're an Overwatch player, um, uh, Darren DePaul, who plays the voice of Reinhardt, is the voice of J. Jonah Jameson, the now oh really uh, controversial radio host in the
0: game. Oh, that I didn't realize. He does a great job. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right, so Spider Man, easy recommend. If you only buy a couple of games a year, I think that can easily be one of them. So, oh yeah, if you're one
1: of those people, you're like, I get two games. One of them's Madden, and then whichever other one's really fun. This is it.
0: Yeah, and then for everyone else, so. you're
1: already playing it. So there you go.
0: <laughs> Uh, so the other three games, uh, big games, that we selected in our uh, September releases are Dragon Quest XI, and I actually spent a couple of hours in that game. Uh, so not enough to give a, a, a real opinion, but just a very quick early impressions. Uh, did you end up getting it or, or not? Uh, I didn't. I want
1: it. Um, I'm very interested in playing that game. I haven't played one in a long time from the series. Right. Uh, well... And so, I, I there's parts of me that are like, nah, you should just get it, and now you're doing that to me again. So, I probably shouldn't
0: listen <laughs> so look right. here's my take on the very very early impressions. Uh, it is definitely a JRPG, completely classically, uh, designed Japanese RPG. So you have, uh, turns, uh, that you have to go through to get your actions out and hopefully get the monsters, uh, killed before they kill you. You can select, act, uh, uh, you know, spells or abilities or just attack or defense, all of that. Very Japanese RPG. Um, the, the thing is, Dragon Quest is basically a trip down memory lane for Japan, and Japan grew up, our generation in Japan grew up on Dragon Quest games, and every one of them is kind of a reminder of their childhood and the games that those were, and I think this can be considered a bad thing if you're too just iterating or rehashing a similar game. But in this case, the core mechanics are so good and the care with which it is polished is so apparent that it, it goes from being... A semi game to a, a delightful one, and there is a fairy tale or children's story quality to it with the dubbing that is pretty good. Usually, I don't like the Saturday Saturday morning cartoon um, acting; I think it's a, a, too over the top. But in this case, it's high quality enough that it works, um, and everything feels enchanting in that game and um a few of the reviews I've read or watched were mentioning the fact that it's a game Japanese people uh play an hour at a time um in the evening before they go to bed and they play that for a few months and I can absolutely see this happening maybe especially if you have a child and you want to play that with them and there's really uh, uh, as I was saying, a children's story or a fairy tale, which is very safe, very it feels like something that is rounded and and enjoyable and colorful. Um and the characters are uh, uh very well uh brought to to uh, not to like but uh characterized I guess. Um mm. everything is just playful and joyful and charming so that's not exactly what i I was expecting from from dragon quest but it turns out that is very well put together in this beautiful 3d world not the most uh explosively uh uh striking game it's very beautiful the graphics are are you know designed by akira toriyama of course the characters are designed by him but and they're very well rendered um it's overall a really joyful experience, and I think I'm going to be playing it a little bit at a time for for a few months. So, recommend as well, if that's your thing.
1: I, I'm definitely going yeah, to. It's definitely on my radar. I love that there's a PC version as well. That's probably where I want to play it. And, uh, yeah, there's something about it. I, I watch video and trailers, and I just think, ooh, this is. I'm, I'm feeling an itch for one of these, and... I also like that there's no random encounters. You, you know, attack what you want to fight, which is a huge thing for me with JRPGs. Can't stand random encounters. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a plus in my book. And almost that's like a deal breaker. Literally, if they said, Oh, hey, there are random encounters in Dragon Age 11, I'd go, uh, F off, not doing that. And I'd walk away. But since there's not, I think I'm probably in. So once I've had my way with, uh, with Spider-Man, I think, uh, I think maybe that's next for me.
0: You mentioned uh, available on Windows, which is uh, the case, and uh, it's only on PlayStation 4 uh, and not Xbox. Similarly, uh, uh, Spider-Man is a Sony PlayStation exclusive, not even on Windows in that case. So if you don't have a PlayStation, unfortunately, you're out of luck. But you could play the other two games that are being released, Destiny Two Forsaken, which is the expansion to Destiny Two that came out last year, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the third episode in the reboot of Tomb Raider, following um uh the first one was the last year was or the last one was Rise of the Tomb Raider. And the first one was just Tomb Raider? Yeah, I guess it was just Tomb Raider. I think so. Uh, So, Destiny 2, I haven't bought it, and I was a huge, gigantic, enormous fan of Destiny 1, and even Destiny 2 when it first came out. Um, What irks me a little bit is that if you haven't bought the expansions for the first year of Destiny 2 meaning last year you have to buy them to access the content of Destiny 2 Forsaken which is the big big expansion that came out last week so mm-hmm. that is frustrating because I'm basically I have to buy those expansions that for a game that I bought last year in order mm-hmm. to skip that content to get to the expansion that is current. And I mean, many games do that, MMORPGs especially, but you get an expansion every year or every couple of years, so it's a little bit less, uh, uh painful. And in this case, I, I hear that Destiny 2 Forsaken is really good and it's coming back to, uh, the pleasure of, of gameplay that we had in the first Destiny after it got fixed. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, hesitant to go and spend all that money just for that i, I feel like it's not fair and uh, mm. the thing is with destiny if you're interested you're probably already playing it and if you're not don't hesitate too much to decide that you are because then the next uh, elements are going to be coming and they might raise the level cap or the item level cap uh, with their new annual pass thing. And so in a few months from now, you're going to have to pay for the annual pass to stay up to uh, the level that is required for end game content. You'll still be able to do some activities, but maybe not all of them. So there's a, a thing that is pushing it too far for me. So I don't know, as big of a fan as I am, I might not go for it.
1: Yeah, I've I've been on the fence on this one just because I'm 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 really not through the content that came with the original game. Um, full disclosure, I was given a code and perhaps that made me less motivated to quickly run through it or something. But I I don't think I've given Destiny Two a fair shake yet. And the fact that there's all this new content feels a little daunting to me. It's like, wait, where do I start? What do I do? Is there, you know, is there a fast track to do anything? Like I got to look into it, but. Mm. Um, I notice a lot of friends seem to be really enjoying this new, this new expansion. They um, are of, every every time.
0: piece of feedback I'm getting is that it's become really great uh, now with this expansion. But ah, there's it's this.
1: Uh, as well. Like our yeah. buddy Terpster seems to be playing constantly, and sometimes you got to go wait. Is he doing that for like some work thing, or is this <laughs> is he actually enjoying it? And it seems like it's one of it's like an obsession now, and he's into it. Yeah. yeah so really, I, I kind of I kind of envy that. I kind of want to see what's up, but. There's always this Red Dead thing looming in the back of my head where I'm <laughs> like I'm going to give up all
0: gaming when that happens. When that yeah. happens,
1: everything else takes takes a break. A backseat, and that yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm wondering so. if you don't have too high expectations for for Red Dead or your relationship to Red Dead Redemption two coming out in October, by the way, towards the end of the month. But um, we'll yeah. see if all of that positive feedback for Destiny two, uh, you know, makes me <laughs> uh, uh, renounce my my principles. Uh, but I think for for uh, people who are casual gamers or occasional gamers as as I mentioned, I would say if you're not already into it maybe it's not your thing so and
1: yeah, they'd have to really i don't know they'd have
0: to qu-
1: here's a side question for you that I've no one okay. ever asked okay, so we're gonna break it right here on uh my virgin game boy for the first time ready here's the question does does destiny feel? The, do you think Destiny will feel the pressure to create their own Battle Royale mode like everyone else seems to be doing? I know I, we're all hearing here in it and everything else, but do you think that we see something like that? I'd say no.
0: Okay. There all you go. Right. My, my I might be interested answer. in
1: that, though. I'd be interested to in see what they do.
0: Well, we'll talk about that probably next month, but uh, it seems that the Call of Duty Battle Royale is being reviewed very positively. So, yeah, uh, the blackout are into that mode.
1: Blackout so, mode. Yeah, yeah, big time. Mm. I'm excited about that. Actually, for the first time, I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute. Maybe I am into that. Maybe I will play it." And it's right there on my Blizzard launcher now. So maybe this <laughs> is this
0: is the time to
1: care Might about happen. Call of Duty again.
0: So Shadow of the Tomb Raider uh, is coming out at the end of this week, as we're recording this episode. Um, and I think it's another one of those really accessible, big uh, AAA budget games that is. a a, a blockbuster at least wannabe um it's enjoyable it's fun it doesn't reinvent the wheel but it follows a formula formula that is tried and true and it's also being reviewed with the early reviews that we're getting now um pretty favorably uh I think it's the kind of thing where if you like the previous ones, you would enjoy this one if you're not tired of it. Um, but if you haven't even played the previous ones, this is a pretty good uh, uh, way to get into the series. Uh, caveat, as I mentioned, we didn't play it. We're basing this off of impressions of others but and what we know of the uh, series. Uh, but it's always a safe bet if you like the Indiana Jones type Uh, of of big accessible, I don't want to say easy but actually they do have a really inventive system uh, for difficulty in that game in that they have three different categories um, you know, gameplay traversal and puzzles and you can adjust the difficulty of each individually, so that makes it even more palatable for people who don't like certain aspects of these games Um, Yeah It, it, It seems, I really enjoyed
1: the first two quite a bit um, I feel like it's coming out at a time where it's going to be overshadowed a little bit. Right. Uh, they should call it Tomb Raider. The the overshadow
0: of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what it should be. But uh, it's unfortunate because I I think that series is is pretty amazing. Early impressions seem to be strong. Um, so there's a few that don't like uh the the way the story has gone, and that's going to be an interesting cultural discussion, which we don't have to really get into here, but. Um, there's a lot of her in this. Apparently, in this story, reckoning with the idea that not only she's raiding tombs and taking cool artifacts, and is in full Tomb Raider mode, but she's also mingling with the locals and uh, with the cultures that she is taking these things from. And there's and it's causing some, you know, some uh, some guilt with her. Uh, that that's kind of one of the general themes of the game, is my understanding. And that's a really interesting take. And um, some people are are. Clashing with that as we often do on the internet because they think that that's somehow a political statement. Uh, I'm very interested to see how that all pans out. It's probably the kind of game I'll end up getting a little bit later. Uh, but when I it's, think they've uh, just done, they've done cheaper, amazing yeah. stuff with this. Yeah, yeah. They've done a really incredible stuff with this. They've done it with, you know, from under the shadow of, of Nathan Drake, who kind of took the genre and made it its own. And, and, you know, this has been a chance for them just to say, hey, remember the original. Uh, indiana jones wannabe well we're back and it's uh better than ever and it's too bad the movie sucked but here these games are good so there you go <laughs>
0: uh so yeah i mean if you're if there was one game to choose i think it's pretty c- clear that the two um spider-men here uh have a, a favorite but um <laughs> but if you don't have access to it or don't like it for some reason maybe shadow the tomb raider could be your game for the month and uh yeah. If not, there are more things coming in the next months before the end of the year.
1: You absolutely cannot go wrong with Spider-Man. I think even if you're not a big comics fan, and there's just it's just too fun. It's just so much fun. Now, I agree. well, I know we we didn't want to make this a review about Spider-Man, but I will say there's a couple of things in it that I that I didn't love. I don't love the little uh, uh, circuitry minigame stuff uh, that just annoys me, and I don't. Uh, that's actually yeah. That's the only thing I don't like. Well, the, the <laughs> chemical,
0: really- the chemical thing, the little, the puzzle parts of the of the game, I think, are and could be stronger, but they don't yeah. overtake it either. It's a small. No, part of and it-
1: they're not horribly difficult either. It's right. not like they're you know they're not really challenging you. They're just more like a thing to do. But maybe that's my problem. I don't want them to be more challenging. I kind of just don't like that sort of. I don't like hacking mini games, and that's kind of what these are.
0: Yeah, um, yeah that's true
1: so that could be a me that's a me thing some other people may just love no
0: it. i think i think you know it's not the strongest part of the game for sure but uh it yeah. doesn't it doesn't overshadow the rest of uh its achievements so yeah uh can i make another joke about spider-men and how we are spider-men actually that that, yes. that was it and it wasn't a joke it was just a <laughs> statement so well done! I like you. your delivery and your and and
1: also yeah, everything about that was comedy gold. Well done, thank you, thank you.
0: All <laughs> right, uh, let's run. O- <laughs> let's run over the rest of the news quickly. Um, the Microsoft Xbox All Access uh, is available in the U.S. Uh, it might not be available yet, but uh, it will be soon if it's not uh, at this point. And uh, let. Us explain to you what it includes. It's a kind of a contract with Microsoft that provides you with a console and the Xbox Live Gold. Uh, subscription which allows you which allows you to play online with other people with the console and the xbox game pass which gives you access to a large library of games which you don't play through streaming you actually install them on your console so even if you have a uh, a not super uh, fast connection you can still download them and you don't have to worry about the lag as you're playing it Um, Mm. so this is a uh, package that will cost you twenty-two dollars if you take it with the Xbox One S, the least powerful of the two consoles, and thirty-five dollars if you get it with the Xbox One X, which is the more powerful of the two consoles. And so you can think of it as a uh, phone uh, that you're getting with your subscription with a service provider. Yeah, Scott, Why is do you that think some... the difference in the cost difference? What do you what do you make of that between the two consoles? Yeah, yeah. I make well, the Xbox One X is significantly more expensive than the Xbox One X, S. Um and it does 4K, and I mean, the S does 4K Blu-ray, but the X does 4K gaming, and that is something that some people might want specifically.
1: Yeah, I don't get... Well...
0: Well, okay. but I mean... If, it's if, a, it's if, a weird premium
1: to add. I don't think they're really actually doing any... This is, this is like... Charging per character
0: for a text plan on a phone in 1999—it just seems. I disagree. If you if you uh, make the calculations, that's about what it comes down to. Uh, because actually, uh, a big portion of the of the subscription is spent on the well the subscriptions the services the Xbox Live Gold and the Xbox Game Pass which as we mentioned includes a lot of games Uh, not all of the games but all of the Microsoft first party games of which there are a few you know the Forza series Gears of Wars uh, Halo and all of those so there are a few games there to play with Um, but to me it feels like this subscription is a way to rope you into, not necessarily paying for the console over time, which of course you are doing and is interesting for some people, but also roping you into those subscriptions. That's what they mm-hmm. want you to, uh, to, to, to get into. Because of course, if you divide the price of the console over... The, the, the those that two year period it's gonna be a lot cheaper. Even adding in the Xbox Live Gold, which is what, fifty bucks a month? So the Xbox Game Pass is what they're really selling you there or the the, the interesting thing for them for Microsoft. Still, surely there are people for whom it's it's a good deal, oh, right?
1: Sure, sure. And I actually still I still think it's an awesome I think their their plan with this is really, really good. It's so funny though, if you if they would have launched with this Like if this would have been their thing at at launch, people would have complained. This would have been weird, right? It would have been like, "What? This is this is a subscription box. I'm going to use my." Like I think people would have. If you have
0: the option to buy to buy the box outright, which you do, and I think most people who are you know core gamers do, um, Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with this being another option. Oh, I don't have a a problem with it at all. All I'm saying is, I think that in 2013, this
1: would have landed very differently. Hmm. I think this is the right time for them to do it, and I also think they're in the position in the market that means. This is the, be- absolutely the best thing for them to be doing right now. So I, I, I'm, I'm more marveling at kind of us as a audience. We're going to be very receptive. I think everyone's going to be very receptive to this. I think in 2013, they would have like much of Microsoft's forward thinking at the time. I think people would have rebelled hard and well, that says more about us well, than them. So yeah, they
0: had uh, a, a similar thing for the Xbox 360, except of course they didn't have the uh, Xbox OL access. Uh, at the time, so it was a little bit different, but um,
1: sure, sure. It's yeah. just a uh, you know, when they launched, they were like on all the time, and um, right, right, cloud computing, you know, they were going all in it on that. would you an additional it thing
0: where it, it's yeah, I, I, I guess mm-hmm. people have been softened to the idea of uh, games as a service, or maybe even consoles as a service um and, yeah. and you get to keep it at the end of the two years by the way it's not like it's yeah. a rental you're actually and i know that i know there are
1: outliers but this old general idea that on all the time is a problem nobody cares anymore and like the, the oh, diablo yeah. diablo 3 freak out at the time nobody cares mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like no big every game has an on is connected all the time
0: it's And just beyond funny, that, it's not really games. a problem at this point
1: no, at this point, nobody cares anymore. But at the time, everyone was losing their minds. And then, you know, it just reminds me of horse armor in Oblivion. <laughs> like people lost their minds. Now we yeah. do that. That was a the version first of horse uh, armor happens a million times a day on
0: phones and PCs and computers. It's let, ridiculous. Let me explain, Scott, because some people, some listeners might not know what you're talking about. Horse armor was essentially, uh, the first, uh, scandalous piece of microtransaction in a game it was pretty expensive um and it was in can't remember which game actually 2008 2008
1: and it was in oblivion and it was two dollars 99 cents right and it seemed expensive at the time (laughs) it seemed like it was outrageous that's true it's i mean way back in 20 odd eight, we just weren't used to that and now it's everywhere all Mm -hmm. the time it was everything so And everyone's just, I mean, I'm not saying everyone loves the direction of microtransactions, but, you know, we're now in this new reality. And if anything, Bethesda was ahead of themselves a little bit. So anyway, so side note, fun side note for you. Right. A little little side educational note for the kids.
0: I would say that uh, Xbox All Access, 22 bucks a month, especially since you keep the console. If you don't have a huge budget and you are interested in playing uh, uh, interesting games, uh, this might be a good deal if uh, just check out the xbox game pass games see if there are some games that you're interested in in that and uh it could be a good deal for you 22 bucks a month is relatively affordable uh and if you plan on getting that and then not getting many games or maybe even no games um for the console just play the games that are available in the xbox game pass could be interesting for you yeah i agree and finally, uh, over the summer, NVIDIA announced their GeForce RTX 2000 GPU series. And uh, if you are a occasional gamer, you might think, hey, wait, should I get this graphics card? Because maybe my games are going to look a lot better. And then you look at the prices and you're thinking, uh, maybe not. But there are more reasons to not get this, the, these cards than the prices. Uh, of course, they're pretty expensive, but what they do, um, they're shipping at the end of this month, by the way, uh, but what Ooh. they do is that they introduce a new technology, uh, which is called ray tracing, which allows you to have much more uh, realistic uh, lighting and reflections, essentially. I'm not going to go into the details, but that's what it does. And It's also one of
1: those techs that have been around forever and ever and ever and ever, and it was always like pie in the sky, wishful thinking, and it's now finally actually a thing that you could right. get in use. So. In use, in, early, in but, real
0: yeah. time, real time games, because yeah, what real it was time being ray used tracing in, uh, is
1: like huge, yeah, huge, huge. It was
0: being used in, in animation movies and, and computer graphics for a long time, but of course those aren't real times, whereas the games you're playing have to uh, render uh, a few dozen frames per second, at least. So the fact that it's available uh, and, and possible with these cards is significant.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but, the thing is, that technology is going to start being implemented now, right? We're, we have a few games that uh, the publishers of or the developers of had deals with NVIDIA to integrate it uh, in, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider is one, uh, Battlefield Five, which is go- coming out in November, is another. So it's, it's going to start to be implemented now, but for general games, it's going to take at least a couple of years to, to uh, make its way into the development uh, pipeline and the uh, game engines and all of that. I mean, it's already here, but it's not, uh, it's already in the engines, but it's not integrated into the way people design games yet. So maybe they're integrated now, integrating it now for the games that are coming out next year, the year after that, and even more likely, uh, if the next generation of console integrates ray tracing at that point the 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 tech will be integrated into into development as a whole so Mm. i think it's even more so than for previous generations which essentially only increased the the power of the the calculating the calculation powers of the of the cards of the rig Um, in this case makes even more sense to wait, even beyond the price. Because the, the next generation of, uh, of of GPUs will integrate that, that technology much more broadly, even the less expensive versions, and the games will actually take advantage of it. Now, if you buy it even in six months, you're going to have a handful of games that will take advantage of it, so it wouldn't make sense.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit early, and it's cool, and I'm super stoked, but, you know... It, and Battlefield fans will be thrilled that they made a deal with Nvidia to to, to be one of the early guinea pigs on this but uh I think it, it it is one of those things where the realization of it will be years away and maybe even another generation of cards away before anyone's really truly uh seeing this happen in games because look the way it works with PC gaming people have to develop their games and their products for as much of the existing base as possible exactly uh, or at the very least they have to scale it so that it will uh and so i I just don't know that i would be all that hot to trot if i were people to jump out and buy one of these very expensive new cards uh and and instead you know just let it simmer a little bit it's not a big deal especially if you have you know like in a 1080 uh 1080 or 1080 uh, ti or something like i have if you're already ahead of the curve like you're already ahead of the technology curve in terms of what they're developing for so just hold on a bit you'll be okay um, if you're somebody who has to have everything immediately, then maybe, maybe you're good. The one good news here is that the the cryptocurrency market has slowed on <laughs> sucking up all the video cards out there, so you're probably less. Uh, you're gonna have less problems that way with pricing and availability. But um,
0: yeah, exciting yeah.
1: stuff ahead for sure.
0: It's really cool. I'm, I'm assuming, uh, maybe wrongly, that our audience is not the kind of people that... I mean, maybe some people who have very expensive gra- graphics cards now um, also listen to us, but we're gearing, uh, I think, towards people who don't already know what we're saying now and who might be looking at those cards thinking, oh, is this something I need? Well, no. And right. those who... Actually, those who have a 1080 now... Might think yes, I might want it or need it. Well, need probably not. Want is another issue.
1: Want? want oh yeah, no, don't get us wrong. I'll bet you, Patrick and I both want one. Oh right, <laughs> <then>. <laughs> yeah, we want one, and so do you. But it's just a, uh, you know, you
0: gotta, you gotta face really yourself. Make sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. And that is going to be it for this episode of MVGB, monthly video game briefing. And uh, you might see the affiliation here with Daily Tech News Show. See what we did? It's very clever. Very clever. Very nice, yeah. mm-hmm. You did
1: that. That's all, Patrick. He deserves every piece of credit. Oh, that thank, you. Ever- thank you.
0: Thank yeah. you. I, I am so proud. Scott, uh, what <laughs> else are you proud of, of what you do on the internet and that uh, the listeners might be interested in?
1: Well, the one thing I didn't talk about here today was that I'm all back in on a very old game. Uh, World of Warcraft, been around since 2004, uh, commercially, is back in it uh, to win it as far as I'm concerned right now. I'm really enjoying the latest content and expansion to the point that I have uh, done things I've never done in the game before, like maintain three healthy level 120s and have them pretty well fleshed out and geared and uh, lots of late nights, I guess, is what I'm saying, and um uh, there's, if you're like, well, gee, Scott, what's the point? The point is this, the, the best, inter- the best podcast ever to exist about World of Warcraft is still out there, still plugging away. It's called The <laughs> Instance. I host it. Patrick's on there. So is Terpster and so is Garrett Wineser all these days. If you'd like to go check that out, you can uh, go to Theinstance.net or you can find all the shows I produce or uh, take part in over at frogpants.com. And uh, as always, if you want to hear me ramble about dumb stuff, you can find me on Twitter. At Scott Johnson.
0: Perfect. I'm not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, when I'm not posting pictures of my impossibly cute baby, I'm also posting uh, news about the shows that I produce, which include pixels a show about gaming in general so if you're a little bit more of a gamer and you want more gaming news and uh, impressions i dive even deeper into dragon quest and next week we're going to be talking about spider-man at length so if you want to know if you're not sure yet then uh, you can listen to that and of course we cover the game industry as a whole so you can uh, check that out as well it's called pixels and you could subscribe to it today Excellent. Thank you very much for listening to us. We will be back next month with another episode of Say It With Me, MVGB. Yay! Yay! Bye. Bye.
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.